0: hello hello you're
1: somewhere
0: oh, are you? yeah i'm at my parents house
1: because
0: so, they're at the beach mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm just hanging out with jr to make sure he doesn't try to throw a party <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's also fun because the pets are here yeah so that makes sense. and there's ac
1: which is nice How are you doing? Okay. I definitely could have napped today, but did not. But I'm sleepy. I've been a sleepy girl the past couple of days. <laughs> we have <I> would like <laughs> my my first batch of kids leaves on this coming Friday. So I'm almost done. And then we get to start over with new children. And hopefully it'll be even better.
0: How'd your classes go?
1: Uh, they're going well. They're they're pretty pretty good. There are two girls on my floor who decided yesterday that they um can both see ghosts. So wow, don't really know what to do with that.
0: That's fun.
1: Yep, they're like ten. Did
0: they see any at camp?
1: Oh yeah, it's a big thing. They um, oh. one of the girls was in my one of my classes this past week and she saw a scary ghost in the building our class was in which freaked her out for like two full days Whoa. and they both say that they have ghosts that followed them to camp that watch them while they're sleeping and <laughs> last night after they discovered that they both see ghosts they saw a ghost outside the dining hall which was interesting telling the truth <laughs> I mean, who am I to say, mm-hmm. like, it's fine, but if they start scaring our really anxious little ones, I'm going to need them to stop. Salad. Yeah.
0: I wonder if it's all true, though. I know, right?
1: Wild. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Did they describe the ghosts in any detail, or did they just say they saw scary ghosts?
1: They, um, they say that the one in the classroom building, because they both had class in there at different times, they Mm -hmm. say that it, um, was really tall, and, uh, I didn't get much more detail than that.
0: So Slenderman.
1: Yeah, I keep being, like, if you were in Salem, you would both be Killed as witches. So.
0: sure you tell them that. No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> they don't need to know.
0: <laughs> That'd be a little traumatized.
1: Yeah. They're
0: like, hey, we see ghosts. And you're like, hey, you would die for that. <laughs> yeah. <in the>
1: <laughs> that's my job. Traumatize the children. It's well, a good job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Where's Max? Max. Max, Max, Max. Max. And I have a yeah, friend to... who reminds oh. me of you. <gasps> really? Yeah, she's pretty
0: cool. Yeah?
1: Yeah. What's she like? Uh, She just graduated from NYU. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Max. Hello.
2: Hello. I like
1: your cap.
2: Yeah, this <laughs> is Amaya. I, I don't know where my bedding went, so Lola gave me her old bedding.
1: Where yeah. did it go?
2: I don't know.
0: Did you like wash it and
2: use it? I don't know.
1: Okay.
2: I'm feeling kind of okay. sick. Um, There's kind of a cold going around campus. Mm-hmm. I think, or I think it's a cold. I think it's because people aren't wearing masks anymore. Yeah. But like everyone's vaccinated. Mm-hmm. So other things are coming back. Yeah. But also I'm gonna get tested tomorrow because I'm a little scared.
0: That's a good idea anyway.
2: Because if it were the delta variant, I would be like yikes. So that's why I'm know. in bed.
0: Nice. Sinclair was telling me about the
1: children that see ghosts at her yeah.
2: summer camp oh really yeah how's your summer camp there are two children on my
1: floor that see ghosts uh,
2: mm, interesting
1: kids. yep yeah they discovered so you're
2: saying ghosts. kids see ghosts
1: two of them do no like one else the,
2: like the Kanye album mm? kids see ghosts the Kanye kid Cudi album
0: oh yeah I was like what <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't think that's what she's talking about, but yeah.
2: No, but quite literally. Yes. Cool.
1: cool. Here we are.
2: Podcasting. <laughs> Kendall, any, gonna... any news, any gossip before we start?
0: Uh, I went on a Duffy boat yesterday.
2: A, yeah. a what?
0: A Duffy boat. What's it's that? Like, it's like the little ones, and it's a flat boat and you just like go around the harbor it's kind of like the jungle cruise boats
2: wait where are you
0: i'm at my parents house right now I'm oh, okay but i was at the beach for the weekend
2: All right. today. um oh luke styles called me yesterday oh and he was like are you in la and i was like no <laughs> and <laughs>
1: watch our podcast <laughs>
2: I was like I was like no well this will be an interesting litmus test Luke text me if, just text me text me the word pineapple if you listen to this podcast I actually will do this Mm -hmm. he was like you should come up and hang out with me and Peter (gasps) before you go back to school and I was like I would do that and I, th- it turns out, I'm actually going because they're having like a graduation for Theo's class, just like a ceremony, if mm-hmm. like for people that want to still have a ceremony. Yeah. So that's happening August 29th. So I'm flying to Berkeley mm-hmm. to go to the ceremony. So I guess I'll see Luke. I guess it'll be another time that I hang out with him. You always wonder, when's the last time we're going to hang out? <laughs> Is this the last? Yeah. Are we in a post-Luke era? Yes, but when are we going to stop? Uh, so Sinclair, s- you should come up to Dartmouth. Actually, you shouldn't. It sucks here. <laughs> um, I should come down. You. You're so close to me You're right now. Isn't that kind of crazy? during
1: the school year. You can come to Maine. Yeah. Wait, Maybe.
2: isn't it kind of crazy we're so close to each other right we- now? Like, Kendall's across the country. She's odd one out.
1: Kendall sucks.
2: <laughs> yeah. Bruh. We Need have to go out of this campus.
0: We have 75 yeah, yeah. downloads. Whoa. Holy shit. That's, That's so nice. many. That's and we nice. have eight episodes?
2: Do you know how many distinct people we have?
0: No, it doesn't do it like that.
2: But that's like we have, wait, we have eight episodes. That
1: so out today. So
0: that's more than ten people an episode. Yeah, there's about ten every episode. That's um, cool. our most listened
2: so to is the
1: last
0: one, epi- or episode seven, not the one that came out today, but the one from last.
2: So one. theoretically,
0: it's thirteen on the Satan episode. So Whoa. thirteen. Yeah
2: what's 75 divided by eight uh like 10 we have at least 9.4 people yeah but i like consistently watching or listening
1: yeah that's so many
2: well actually we don't really know that because it could be distinct people every time maybe we only have one-time listeners but that's yeah. 75 one-time listeners Max. Yeah, that's pretty amazing, honestly.
0: I also, uh, I got an email from Reason Podcast. From
2: Gimlet? That's crazy.
0: <laughs> that would be cool. Okay, Gimlet.
2: <laughs> uh, we want you guys on. Uh, what the fuck? Yes.
0: I, I'd die. Uh, but they did just get in trouble for a bad work environment, though, so I don't know about that. But uh, fucking... Yeah, we can I,
2: help them unionize.
0: <laughs> yeah, <sure. laughs> i was gonna say too uh reason podcast emailed me which i guess is like a podcasting platform like spotify or stitcher or whatever and uh they were like hey people are listening to you on this do you want to claim your podcast and i was like yeah and i'm like i don't know how it got on here but like it's on there now so that's cool <laughs> podcasting
1: <laughs> confuses me <laughs>
0: Yeah, me too, honestly. And then I guess we need a bank account for Apple Podcasts so that we can make money from ads. Um, Do
2: we need like a bank account for the podcast, or can it just be one of ours?
0: I mean, it could be, but like, I feel like at this point we might just yeah. Because it, it wouldn't hurt. I
2: anything. don't really know how bank accounts work.
1: <laughs>
0: I'll ask my mom, but Sherry. <laughs> how i made an email also you know oh. and then i started to make a business profile on google and then it wanted me to post my phone number so everyone could see it it was like you have to post a phone number or a website and i was like i don't want to i don't want to put my phone number on the internet uh so <laughs> once i have a, do a website, profile a website you can make a website too, but then it was like not letting me create a website for some reason. It was like click this to create a website and it wasn't working. I was also talking we to my dad about him. it.
1: Huh? We lost him. He's asleep. I'm so asleep. He just <laughs> took a little cat nap.
2: <laughs> I can't believe I existed today.
1: <laughs> yeah. I feel that I went to
2: improv. <laughs> I can and show. I killed it. Well.
1: Yay. I'm
0: yeah. glad.
2: Yeah, I'm pretty good.
0: I was talking to my dad about the podcast a little bit, like last night when I was at the beach, because JR's friend and his family were there, and like I was kind of telling them about it, and then and my dad was like, yeah, I watched the one with the like German painting that Sinclair did, and I was like, that was the first episode. Yep. <laughs> and he was like, oh. <laughs> was like, yeah.
2: People have been like, people have been like, do you have a podcast? To me, like people I know, like okay. not very well, that's are like cool. this podcast account followed me, and I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, that's that's me."
0: I started following like just all the suggested people because I was like, just follow a fuck ton of people. Yeah. So, <laughs> there you go. It has your name in the bio, though, so I don't know why they don't think it's you.
2: No, no, they're just like, it's funny because it's not like coming from my direction. I'm not like being like, hey, uh, you know what I mean? Like they're finding out through this other thing. Right. Am I crashing from caffeine or am I sick? <laughs> Probably both. I had a mate and a latte. That's a lot of
0: caffeine.
2: <sighs> I'm just dying.
0: I had
1: popcorn when
2: I you had Popeye's? That's lit. I love Popeye's. That one on Lake is so fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Sinclair, do you have, like, an identity crisis about, like, yeah. not being where you grew up?
1: I don't have a place Because
2: to- that would fuck with me.
1: Yeah. I... Nowhere feels like home and I keep being like, well, I grew up in Los Angeles, but now my family's in mass and I go to school in Maine. So I'm kind of all over the place. And it's just all sorts of crazy.
2: That sucks. That's
1: okay. That would make
2: me Barry's head.
0: What are you thinking about after Bedoin? That's
1: a great question. I could see myself being in Boston or
2: somewhere else. Okay. Well, that's good that you're in a place where you can see yourself living. Yeah. At least. I
1: don't see myself moving back to LA for any extended period of time. Okay. I never really did. So I think that that is good at least.
0: All right. We All should we
2: start? That was 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah.
1: Okay.
2: Also, I do have to be at a meeting by nine. Okay. <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know how that affects things. I honestly really? might just leave early. I don't okay. know.
0: I i want to be spast i want to be
1: spast um i want to be speedy anyway so speedy and fast wheaton today so let's do it let's be fast let's be fast um i'm going to share my screen
0: Okay. Our last episode was literally my lucky number. I somehow edited it to 47 minutes and 47 seconds.
2: Wow. Damn, that's crazy.
0: And then it uploaded perfectly the first time. And I was like, magic, bro. Wow. It made me so awesome. happy.
1: So today, I have some ancient stuff for you, but mostly I want to talk about like repatriation and shit because that stuff I really love. This is great. Yep. We're gonna start by talking about the Parthenon because I wanna talk about the Elgin marbles, which are a group of marble sculptures that were taken from the Parthenon and are now in England. So this is the Parthenon. It's a building from ancient Greece. It's this like huge rectangular temple to Athena. This is it in its like modern state of disrepair, but it was once, a really nice, well-put-together Greek building. The architects were Iptenos and Callicrates, and the sculptor, or, like, the guy who sort of headed up the sculpting design and his, like, people sculpted it, was Phidias. It was constructed during the 5th century BCE and finished in 432. So this is, like, it's a temple to Athena. It was... And it's in Athens, Greece, if you don't know that. It was built by the ancient Greeks to thank Athena for their military victory over the Persian Empire in the early 5th century, I guess. They, like, the Greeks and the Persians, like, fought a lot during this time period. There was a lot of that. So this was sort of, like, commemorating a, a military victory. And it was a temple to Athena, the patron goddess of the city of Athens, to thank her for that victory. And this building was covered in sculpture, basically. The whole, like this top part was all frieze, which means like sculpture or paint that's like in a band on a wall. This is all sculpted frieze. So there are like shallow sculptures all along this part. And then also in the pediments, which are these triangle bits at the top on both sides, there were much like uh, deeper, more dramatic, like big sculptures up in the pediments. So the friezes are like shallow sculpture. I'll show you some pictures in a sec. And then the pediments are like big sort of like all the way around the sculpture. And I think there was sculpture all along the inside too on this top part here. So yeah, here are some pictures. So this is part of one of the pediments. Um, so this would be like in the corner of the triangle. So you can see sort of like the sculpture is taking that form of the side of a triangle. And these are like gods and goddesses. I think the ancient Greeks were big into like naturalistic proportions and showing off the human body and obviously like showing off their texture and fabric carving skills. Even though all of this is in marble, they achieved some pretty cool like drapery effects with their Mm -hmm. fabrics. Also like some pretty cool muscular folks. Um, So all about like showing off the beauty of the human body.
2: What happened to their heads?
1: I think that because necks are a fragile zone, like necks and wrists tend to break over time. um, I don't think that someone like came through and decapitated them. I think they probably just broke off over time.
2: I think it is kind of funny how like that's such a recognized thing of not only like the Greek sculpture, but the Greek sculpture missing limbs. Like that's for some reason like that, itself is kind of like an art norm. I don't know.
1: Yeah, totally. There are some that are like just a torso. It's just right. like draped fabric on a torso and that's what we have.
2: It's funny, it's like kind of taken on a different like meaning just yeah. because of the way that like all these sculptures decay. I don't know. Yeah.
0: Buddha we to torso. I went to the Norton Simon, which is the first museum I've been to since COVID. Mm-hmm. Damn. It was
1: a little Buddha
0: torso, and I was like, this is interesting, because it was very plain. It was just, like, torso and
1: clothes, mm-hmm. and I
0: was like, oh. I, how'd you know that was a Buddha? That was my
1: question, but. <laughs> it's <a> good question. <laughs> this is, like, the other side of a pediment, fabric. you yeah, no heads, These are and goddesses. And then this is, like, part of one of the friezes. So this is a much, like, shallower sculpture, but you still have, like, a lot of attention paid to, like, the muscle and the movement of the horse's legs and their clothes. So, so that's pretty cool.
2: These are also kind of, like, dioramas. I don't know. Yeah. Sort of bring it back to the the gold, gold border. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, this is also a really interesting thing because it's, like... It's kind of out, but it's still, like, kind of a 2D medium. Yeah. Know.
1: Kind of a comic in that way,
2: too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I think these freezes, like, when all put together are sort of, like, a big procession, and they sort of, like like, they all go together in the way that a comic kind of does. I'm not sure if these ones are, like, in order chronologically or if they're one big scene, but I know a lot of things that are from this time are, like... Like the the column of Hadrian is like like a comic like it's an, a narrative in order, mm-hmm. um, pulled in one big like, ribbon of sculpture. Yeah. So these are like some examples of sculpture that exists. These are all currently in museums. I think these are all currently in the British Museum, which we will talk about in a minute. So there there's like tons of marble sculpture that was on this building created for this building. They all depict like warriors and gods and I don't know other people associated with this military victory and associated with like commemorating this temple and this would have been this structure still is um at the acropolis in athens which is like sort of the tall high up city center kind of place and was like a sacred place in the mythology i think the acropolis is supposed to have been like where athena and poseidon had their little battle for who get to who got to like be the patron of athens and poseidon like created a little spring and athena created an olive tree and the people of athens decided the olive tree was more useful so athena became the patron state yeah. of athens, and i think this is supposedly like where that story took place
2: maybe they just thought that if they chose poseidon the name like what would they name it like besides it would be so weird
1: it would be so weird
2: you know athena uh, athens like that lends itself pretty well i think
1: yeah. Yeah. So today you can find the Elgin marbles, which is a group of many, many marbles taken from this building in the British Museum in London. Um, Classic. Talk a little bit about A moment.
2: Or, uh, about it. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh.
1: um, yeah. So like this structure is still in Athens, but a lot of the decorative parts of it are in England. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is like a a hot topic in the art history world. They're very debated. So what happened was, like, in the early 19th century, so, like, between, I think, between 1801 and 1812, this dude named Thomas Bruce, who was the 7th Earl of Elgin, uh, came over to what is now Greece, what was then a part of the Ottoman Empire, as an ambassador from England. And he took his, like, band of dudes over with him, uh to this this spot and he got permission from the leaders of the ottoman empire supposedly this is also disputed to like observe and sketch and like measure and then maybe take some things from the like greek Mm. it's unclear in the language what like what the real terms of that agreement were but there was some sort of legal permission given to do something with these antiquities and what he decided to do was take a bunch of marbles mostly from the Parthenon but also from other places and take them back to York with him just take them to England like so he he got out of there with like tons of marble from this building and brought it back to England and I think it was like his for a while and then Lord Byron was like really, really angry with him and called him like a vandal and a looter. And it was it was kind of fun. And then eventually, pretty soon after, it was decided that these um, like someone in the British government sort of bought them off of him and put them in the British Museum. So they've been in the British Museum since like the mid 19th century, I think. Meanwhile, Greece got or won independence from the Ottoman Empire in 1832 and immediately sort of started some campaigns to get objects back, cultural heritage objects that were elsewhere, including these Elgin marbles, um, which get their name from the Earl of Elgin who took them. And this debate has basically continued like from the mid 19th century until now. They are still in the British Museum. There is a, Greece has recently built, I think it opened in like 2008 or 2009, new Acropolis Museum that is like next to this site. That's actually, it's a very beautiful museum. I have a picture. That it's like all glass and it overlooks the Acropolis. And they have a bunch of marbles from the Parthenon and from this site, from excavating at this site. And they have like all of the Parthenon pieces that they have lined up with spots for the ones that are in England. And they have been, they built this museum essentially to house the objects that were stolen from them in an attempt to get them back. That's so crazy. Yeah.
2: Like there's literally the museum is there. Like there's no argument.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And they have, like, I think plaster casts of the ones that are missing that I think maybe even have, like, veils over them. Like, it's very clear, like, what is missing from the big line of friezes that were in order. Yes. So there's still, like, a ton of debate over where they should be. Some of the arguments for keeping them where they are in the British Museum are sort of a general one that is often... Counted when people are afraid of repatriating objects, which is. I think I know it's back, our museums would be empty. There would be nothing there for people to uh, see, and no one would. Which is uh, not how that works at all.
2: If <laughs> we gave <laughs> the back really there's so much work have anything. And
0: stuff in the world. Like, make a new fucking exhibit. Figure it out, bro. If we like, gave
2: back, well, I guess. Bro, <laughs> I, I don't even. And have museums
0: have so much stuff that's not on display, also, yeah. and like a lot yeah. of that stuff they loan to other museums, and it's easy for museums to loan stuff to each other. Like that's just not an argument to me. <laughs>
1: Another argument that I've read about is like one about access for tourists and visitors, which is that like the British Museum gets like I don't know something like ten times the amount of visitors in a year that. Like this museum would in Greece, does in Greece. And so sort of like more people will see stuff, more people will learn about stuff, more people have access to stuff if it's in more of like a metropolitan center that people visit. There's also a fear of damage to the marbles if they go back to Athens, because apparently the air quality is bad, which I don't know how legitimate that is, mm-hmm. but is something that people talk about a lot. And then something else that's kind of interesting to think about on a larger scale is like, do the people of modern Greece really have more of a connection or more of a claim to like ancient Greek culture than any other democratic nation or any other like society that that draws such influences from ancient Greece?
2: Well, I feel like with this case, like I can maybe see that argument for other places, but like I think like in a place where like the ruins are such a big part of it, I don't know. Like also something and other something else interesting that I want to talk about is just like the concept of like ruins in general. Because mm-hmm. I think it's like really interesting, like not just like old things, but like that are preserved, but like little ruins that are just what they are and it's just like the decay of them Mm -hmm. is so interesting because it's like another aspect of like beauty that is like due to the decay itself and it like takes on a new character with that decay
0: i think preserving decay is also a really interesting idea right no it's interesting though i mean i think there's a lot of I don't know. And how much we look up to those iconic, like the Parthenon, you know, like I don't, right. picture, when I picture it, like, if I hadn't seen the picture you put up, my mind would have gone to ruins, not like the preserved right. exactly. version.
2: But especially like in a place, getting back to the British Museum thing, where like the ruins are such a big like part of like, I feel like the metaphysical like mindset. Of the mm-hmm. space, like it just makes sense thematically f- for the rest of the things from those ruins to be in that space, even if like just regarding the people involved, mm-hmm. you know, there's like some identity problem stuff, like whatever, like how and how how much do these people have ownership rather than others, but just like the fact that like this is where it was these pl- pieces should also be where it was. Mm-hmm.
0: But also the place where it is still has these ruins. exactly, And lots of other marble stack exactly. and sculpture. So it's like, do they need more? I don't know. And also like you were like, well, should they go back to Greek people because they have the connection? And I'm like, well, there are Greek people all over the world. Right. I'm sure there's plenty of Greek people in England that can go to the British museum, mm-hmm. you know? So
2: well, it's also, like, how much – obviously, like, they were influenced, but it's, like, you know, those people, like, weren't part of, like, ancient Greece. Like, they're just different people. Yeah. You yeah. know? Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like, oh, that was my dad's Parthenon. <laughs> like, it's kind of – it's she not really it
0: – No, I think, maybe.
2: It's not really uh, – I don't know.
0: Yeah, I wonder, we need like a Greek viewer or listener to tell us, do they feel a connection to Greek sculpture?
2: Yeah. Well, it's also, is it like, I and mean, if they do, like, is that justified? It's it, like, maybe this is kind of an absurd connection to make, but it's like, I feel like, in the U.S., like white people are kind of like taught to like identify with the Revolutionary War and be like, "Oh, those are our founding fathers." But it's like they wouldn't have given a shit about like any of us. Doesn't even, it doesn't even matter if you're white? Like yeah.
0: they weren't thinking about.
2: Like they don't care. Yeah.
0: And don't now, I'll bring in the colonization part.
2: Yeah.
0: In my section. But yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. There's just a few themes to explore.
1: Yeah. It's a couple little like things. an interesting example for me because a lot of repatriation is like easier to wrap my mind around if it's like a settler group taking from a colonized group like that power right. is a lot clearer to me in my head of like just give it back, yeah. and this feels like a little bit fuzzier, and so it's a little bit easier to think about both sides. I still am in the camp yeah. of like, just give it back, but right. things of like access and like. People can learn from it and see it in more spaces is also yeah. sometimes compelling. I well, I think
2: it's like a matter of weighing different things because it's like when, when on the other side, it's like taking from a culture that's like very closely tied to the existing culture, and it's yeah. like directly harmed them by taking it in the first place,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and like harboring harming the people that exist as a result it's like well like this kind of access thing like uh, it's kind of smaller
0: the only the cultural awareness argument is the only compelling one to me because it's like i agree like how are you going to learn about other cultures if you can never leave your own state kind of thing always right yeah about that
1: i'm very interested in seeing how museums start to use like video and photograph and holograph and like casts Mm -hmm. of things because I kind of feel like like if you can make a reasonably good quality like plaster cast of a marble I don't see why that couldn't like replace these in the British Museum and be the thing that people look at Mm -hmm. like why does it have to be the object itself to have value and Mm -hmm. I don't know. In this case especially, like I'm really compelled by like putting them all back together and putting them in the place they originated and putting them in a space where like you yeah. where they started like right across <laughs> over on this hill. And
0: uh, what yeah. yeah.
1: originally in yeah.
0: Context,
2: yeah. yeah. Well it probably, it's like ideally you could have I don't know. Ideally you could have something like the British Museum where the people who should own the things uh own the things but just like oh the british museum can take it for a few months Mm -hmm. and then like so that like they still have ownership which is like the bottom line like most important but like things can kind of shuffle around so that different people can see things
1: yeah but that has
2: to be from their own agency
1: yeah of course which is kind of the model in New Zealand at some museums that work really closely with Maori peoples. um, Like they have a much more communal collaborative relationship, at least to my understanding, where like, in one museum in particular, like Maori people own the objects that are seen as like, beings on on their own, that they control like, when things are photographed, and what's written about things, and like, right. if something can be loaned out or not, and they will travel with the object if it's being loaned out. And like, if they need it for a ceremony, they can always take it back. And like, that sort of like, seeding of power on the museum's behalf, and yeah. really, like mm-hmm. I think, really beneficial for that, the, that relationship. Um, but I think it's something that's really hard for yeah. people to like, wrap their minds around not being in full control of the objects in their collections. It's just a very different model. But I think that is a great model. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that's a great way to do things though. Yeah. And it makes a lot of sense. And to me, I mean, I think with the piece I'm talking about too, like, it just makes so much sense to me to be like, here, like you control ownership of it. And I'm sure a lot of the people would choose to also loan it out and continue yeah. to let people right. see like, And on you can
1: it. control how your own story is told and you can make yeah. sure that you your is, so important. is understood in the way that you want it to be.
2: Yeah. Yep. That was interesting. That
1: was you got any more for us, Claire? Uh, no, that's all I have for
0: you. Uh, all right. Cool. OK, I'm going to try to go fast. All right, I'm talking about the end up figures. Um,
2: oh, shit.
0: Yeah, which I briefly mentioned when Sinclair was talking about Micheline Thomas, and so I was like, that would be fun to explore further. Plus, it's an AP work, so if we're going for this as a study guide for people, here you go. <laughs> we did two <laughs> AP works today. If you're,
2: using, uh, if you're using this as a study guide, please get help
1: yeah Yeah. (laughs) please please
2: please. i mean listen to that this probably
0: i mean this is the way we studied and we did find. so you'll probably do okay keep
2: listening but also you might be be a little misguided
0: yeah just use Khan academy also and you'll be fine so these are the end up figures this is the one i'm focusing on um I was going to look up how to pronounce all these things, and then I forgot, so I apologize in advance. Um, but this one is a portrait of a king. There's lots of different names here, but the one I found most commonly that they think this king is, is Mishay Mishiyang Mubul, something like that, uh, from the Cuba peoples. So all of these are from the Cuba peoples, which come from the current Democratic Republic of Congo, though they were made before when it was just the Congo and then it became the Belgian Congo, which is when these were taken away from the people that created them. King Michel which is what I'm just going to call him, um, is the king that this probably is representing, and things that we've heard about him are he's very generous. He had lots of loyal subjects. He even had his own praise song, and he commissioned this endop figure. These are all called endop figures, by the way. Um, that's the name for these wood sculptures. Wait, they're wood. Yeah, they're made of wood, oh, but they're
2: polished like bronze.
0: Yeah, they're polished with. I gotta find out what oil it is. I meant to look that up, and I fully did not.
2: <laughs> I don't know why this is funny Are you typing this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Palm oil.
0: That's what I was gonna say anyway. Yeah.
2: Oh yeah, really?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they talk about his aloofness and composure. All of them have very like gentle expressions. And very non-violent, like the handle of the knife is facing in, not out, which means it's non-violent. And they're made of wood, specifically, crossopteryx febrifuga. So that's the kind of wood. Also known as tucula. I'm probably saying this all so poorly, but it's fine. Uh, They were made in uh, Mushenge. Nsheng. I'm saying this so bad. I feel awful about this. Kasai province in the Democratic Republic of Congo between 1760 and 1780. And this one is 19 by 7 by 8 inches. So it's like almost two feet. It's not currently on view. Also, I think is interesting because it's in the Brooklyn Museum, but it is Is not. Is it
2: closed right now?
0: No, I think the museum is open. This is just not on display. Yeah. Yeah. So just generally, here's some other end op figures. So you can tell they all like are very similar stylistically. And they talk about how they're like a little bit stylized, even going into the realm of abstraction. They all are uh, one third proportions. That's the way everything is measured out. And the head is always one-third the size of the entire body. And they all have these little hats or headdresses, which are called shoddies. And they have like cowrie shells around them. Like this one you can see has cowrie shells right here. What else? Yeah, they're very polished. Oh, one of them holds a rooster, which is a symbol of vigilance. And then they each have a little symbol called an ebol, which represents which king they are because, or nyum is the word for king. I hope I'm saying that okay. So none of these are actually like portraits per se. Like they're more representations of the king or the reign, but it's not like supposed to resemble them. It's just supposed to resemble like, or represent like the kingly role and all that comes with that. And the evil is chosen by the king when he's installed as the leader. Some also say maybe all of this happens after the king dies, they make these. So there's some conjecture about that. I got a lot of notes. Okay, this was purchased by the Brooklyn Museum. It was collected, quote unquote, by a colonial (laughs) minister Uh, (laughs) in the Belgian Congo, which was Belgium's colony. They talk about, that's like all that's said, which I was like. also there's never information about how it was actually taken. It's always like, oh, this was just acquired and you just have to wonder what that looked like.
2: Follow the property records.
0: Yeah, Um, but these are like sacred objects. Um, I found stuff that talked about how they were often like kept in the chambers with the wives of the king uh, when the king wasn't there. Like they would take on this end up figure as a representation of the king and they would like care for it in the same way they would for the king if that were him. Like it, it's a representation of his soul and his essence in a very like literal sense. And also it's said to provide fertility and at the death the figure would be brought to the king in order to like absorb his energy. Then the next king would take The endop and would sleep with the old endop figure of the last king in order to absorb his energy so there's a lot of like energy exchanges and stuff going on yeah these are the most revered type of art by kuba artists the kuba people i'll tell you who they are yeah the kuba are people who still live which is why i'm like these should go back to them (laughs) because they still live there and exist as a living society, the Kuba still live in the Democratic Republic of Congo on the southern fringes of the equatorial forest in an area bounded by two rivers called the Kasai and Son Kuru. Cuba refers to nine ethnic groups who all acknowledge the same leader or king. Yeah. And these artists would use lots of different kind of media, but these are the most famous. Um, there were blacksmiths, woodcarvers, and weavers. And most of the artists worked exclusively for the Kings. And in the same way that like Western art workshops worked, they would copy the art of their teachers to learn, which they remarked on as if like, that's super cool that it's similar to Western art, but whatever. (laughs) Um, The names of the Kings were not written down, but the artists, oh, or the names of these artists were written down but they were in high demand, like by name. So people knew who these artists were and would request them to do their different commissions. It's now housed in the British Museum and in or various end figures. There's about seven that they consider important because they have colonial accounts of which reigns they're associated with. So again, importance is based on the colonial perspective. Those are in the British Museum also and the royal museum for central africa in belgium yeah and they weren't like modeled they're not modeled by the kings either so the king wouldn't even like sit for a portrait to be made it did not work like that oh yeah and also would serve as contact points with his spirit this is a culture though of oral narrative which is why they talk about oh we have no information we don't know who the king actually is and stuff a lot of the times you can guess based on the symbol
2: follow the property records
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um,
2: There is none.
0: There are none. Okay, you've got lots of, like, stylistically now. You have lots of Mm. rounded contours. No, I thought I had more pictures. Whatever. Lots of, there's, like, defined collarbones. Wait,
2: sorry. uh, Before you move on to style, can I ask two questions? Sure. Uh, I don't know if you already covered this already, Mm -hmm. but uh, my first question is, do you know, like, how... Are there any like tools that are used to make these? Like, I didn't they, find like,
0: anything about that.
2: Are they like, this week. Are, are they what? what I would, what I would like? Are they what I would maybe think of as whittling? Like,
0: yeah, I think okay. so. That's what I'd imagine.
2: Okay. And then my other question is Is there like, I'm seeing these, but like in isolation. Is there like a specific way that these would be displayed obviously so they like people keep them on them but
0: yeah i think like, that's the way it was but okay. they were it said they were used as historical markers too when they were okay. so i don't think they were like on display in any way it seems like right. they're used in day-to-day ritual okay That. That's my guess, but I don't know. So yeah, lots of symbolic conventions. As you can tell, they all look very similar. And the facial features follow all these sculpting conventions. There's also a geometric motif that's chosen when at the um, coronation of the king. So he chooses like this bottom pattern here on the platform, which is called a... Oh, I wrote this one down. It's called a eat, which is spelled like I- And then yeet y-e-e-t which i thought was kind of funny uh so they are sitting on these little platforms and they have these geometric motifs on them in prominent relief it says Uh, and the drum and the severed hand is the evil of the king i was telling you about which is right here i don't know why that is and it did not tell me either um, the ekuul cool is the ceremonial knife that he's holding. Oh, they never have any deformities or distinguishing marks and they always face forward. They're very like solid looking because they're like stable square. Yeah. And sometimes they have scarification or keloids. I didn't look that up. So I'll tell you next week what that is. They have these calm expressions. They have closed almond shaped eyes. Uh, which we saw in lots of like African masks also I remember which I don't do you remember what that represented
1: well to me these eyes always look like cowrie shells like his eyes really look like cowrie shells which I know is like a status symbol like a like a money sort of symbol Mm -hmm. that's what I would assume but I am not sure
0: that's definitely part of the association they have these full relaxed lips and they're cross-legged on the platform. Oh, sorry, the platform is the ying and then the the little cloth plaque that covers his butt is called the eet which we can't see and I didn't find any like backwards views of him so you don't get to see his butt sorry they usually have their right hand on one leg and then as we saw with this other one sometimes they'll hold a rooster which is a symbol of vigilance which i really wondered how that became associated with vigilance but things happen uh yeah well
2: roosters look over the,
0: the coop
1: yeah well they're vigilant
2: in the morning yeah, they tell you it's morning. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah they're, always, they're always out and about.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know.
0: Um, I don't think I think of any animal as particularly vigilant or not, but yeah. So.
2: Name one vigilant animal right now. <laughs> a Name one, please, kind of force yourself.
0: A, <laughs> a cat is vigilant. Yeah, meerkat. Oh, that's a good one.
2: I would say Otto.
0: I don't know if I agree with that one.
2: Are you kidding me? He's so observant. Oh, yeah. He's always on the lookout. (laughs)
1: Uh My cats are pretty vigilant. Uh, The birds that eat at our bird feeders, they'll just sit there and jump at the birds.
0: But yeah, in terms of the repatriation argument and stuff, I think these should definitely be placed back under the control of the Cuba. I think it just is very silly, considering there's still a...
2: Yeah, like, this is a pretty non-controversial... Silly.
0: Yeah, this one, it's <laughs> there's not a lot of other arguments. I mean, for me, the only one, again, that holds water is the... Well, like, people in Brooklyn or the British Museum or the Belgian Museum can learn about uh, these iniums. I don't know. I, I still think like Sinclair said, like you could do the same thing with images or holographs or projections. Like there are tons of other ways to show that without having the actual object, especially considering how sacred they are and how like instrumental they are for storytelling and like the history
2: yeah. yeah, it's pretty uh, pretty not a good thing. Yeah,
0: colonizers. Anyway, I wanted to do something like non-Western, but yeah, no, this was really about cool about the West and colonization. Anyway,
2: you know what's really cool about this? I <laughs> learned about this through pictures.
0: Wow, yeah, that's
2: did. crazy! I didn't even see it in person. Yeah, that's wild.
0: And you were able, and to it's thanks cool. to Kendall. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that, that was one of my favorite AP works, though. I think they're really cool. Like, cool and beautiful stylistic depiction of people. And they look like little action figures almost, you know? Like, collect them all. But also don't. Give them back. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I really like them. I lo- It's kind of like it's really impressive how polished that wood is oh my god
0: yeah. well uh, like that's that is
2: a, just like as an object it's beautiful like
0: yeah well and it's supposed to show how like healthy and alive they are too
2: yeah
0: because um, it makes them look more living too, that was a
2: room. really great content podcast i felt like i enjoy i also it was kind of cool we had like the through line thematically of
0: we keep doing that of, too.
2: like art where does art go yeah how do yeah. we get art we
1: had we had a class in the fall that was called who owns the past and that was basically what we talked about the whole class and it was rad yeah
2: yeah i think the greek the the greek one is a really interesting case I think oh, yeah. just yeah. so much to and explore
1: like greek and british leaders have been fighting about for like, centuries. Like, it is still being debated where they should be.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of, it's interesting like, how many arguments there are. Like, there's so many, you know, it's not like, this versus this, and it's like, we think this is more important. We think, there's just, I mean, that too, but, like, there's just so many different avenues.
0: That one's definitely not black and white, but. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. I don't know. Makes me think a lot too, because as a as a philosophy major, where mm. you're where you're studying like a lot of, I, I think like this is summer already, but like I think like classics. I'm not the first to say this. I I don't know where I read this, um, but I think like uh, classics as. Uh, classics more than philosophy but also philosophy like classics as an area of study is kind of predicated on like white people like identifying with a lot of ancient things that like aren't what we think of as white at all slash or very different culturally slash like would not have cared about us. Yeah. So, I don't know. It makes you think when you're reading Socrates and you're like, no, this is not like an old like, white professor at Dartmouth. Like, this is Socrates.
1: Yeah. I went to a really good talk, I think, like when I was a prospective student at Bowdoin, that was someone who was basically like pushing to bring color back into exhibits that showcase things from the ancient world because a lot of things were painted and because we think of them as like white marbles we think of everyone from the ancient world as white when in reality like they like okay. rome was like a diverse metropolis and most people were middle eastern in like complexion and yeah. like it was just like so much more of a diverse like colorful world than we think it was because everything yeah. we see yeah. from that time is white um, which is like a really interesting. Like she was pushing to do a lot more with projection and like create models of sculptures that are painted, like they would have been. Um, yeah. Sort of get that back in the public imagination.
2: Yeah. Okay. Well, like
0: did that one next week, the AP yeah. work painted like that. I,
2: I think there's a lot of interesting art, like about what Jesus looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, because like modern America, I think teaches us like subconsciously to think Jesus is like a white guy,
0: oh
2: yeah, um, because we're like we're like claiming that as like our heritage kind of for sure as like our like white heritage, I don't know, it's just interesting like how easily you can like manipulate. And it's, like, even though I know that subconsciously, it's, like, that's been drilled into my head for, like, 20 years.
0: Well, I was watching something with JR. It was, like, a YouTube video about David Dobrik as a cult leader. And, like, but the girl was really smart that was doing it, and she was saying that, like, one of the tactics is to, like, change the frame of reference. right? Um, And so, like, I think that's... And religion is a cult um so let's isolate the christians more but also i wanted to tell you too when i signed up for the reasons podcast i had to choose five categories to put our podcast in so i did like did art religion and education and entertainment and then i did christianity and religion
2: <laughs> that's funny Because
0: i was like i just want christians to find it just to yeah. see what
2: um we're gonna get we're gonna get uh targeted yeah
0: i hope so let's find out I remember like the National Geographic cover when like Jesus was shown like it was like a 3d image model of how he would probably actually look based on like bone yeah. DNA and stuff. And he was a Middle Eastern dude, like, yeah. you know, and so and that was like caused so much controversy too. And it's the whole, like, Black Santa thing, too. It's, like, at this point, this guy isn't even real. Like, he's right. a construct. So it should not matter yeah. at all what his race is. But well, it, I,
2: remember, is white I remember when I was in Cusco. Now, obviously, yeah. this is kind of stupid because it's, like, about me as a white guy being, like, oh, like, not all, like, my perspectives. Like, you know, like, it doesn't matter, like, me coming to realize that. Like that's not really the story that matters. But I was like 14 and I there was like a church. Um and they had uh you know, they had a Jesus that looked like um kind of like an Incan Jesus with Incan roots. And I was like, huh. Um and now obviously I'm like, well, it's like we're both just doing like white people and them are both doing the co-opting. There's probably more accurate, I mean, Jesus wasn't Incan, but um, I mean, I'm pretty sure, but yeah. <laughs> um, it's just interesting to like step out and be like, oh, like and we're just like co-opting it.
0: Yeah, well, and that's the thing about religious figures too, is it's like so much of it is about like identifying with them. Right. And a lot of that happens visually, yeah. like even at the Norton Simon, like, Which I think I'm gonna talk about the Norton Simon next week because I thought about it for this week and I was like, I want more time to like research it and stuff. Their uh like their entire Asian art section and it's like I think Southeast and East Asian art is all in the basement, which is very telling. Um, nice. and it's actually, I really like their display a bit because of one room where there's like a there's they do ad-
2: have a really good display. I mean, the basement thing is fucked, but they do have a yeah. display, but
0: the display is very beautiful. And like, there's a little area where you can sit, and there's like a statue of the Buddha, like directly yes. across from you, and you're yeah, looking inside, and it's beautiful. Um, but and you're like eye to eye with him, and it's really cool. Um, But even looking at that, like, there's so many different depictions of the Buddha, and like of these Hindu gods that are actually very distinct in their images with like, blue elephants and stuff. But even then, there's like a multitude of different ways that they're shown. So I I, I don't know, I think it just goes to show like, people make their religious figures look how they want them to look and fit within their worldview, you know? for better for worse
2: uh, all right well on that note I have to leave I think okay. that was an, a really good podcast
0: yeah I'm excited to edit this
2: um, all right cool um, you guys.
0: yeah find us on Instagram at paint on canvas on tape with underscores in between all the words our new email is paint on canvas on tape all one word all amazing. 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 Us, uh, at gmail.com <laughs> um and because it was also just too long if i put yeah. it and i didn't want people to keep having to type it so i was like it's one word we're on reason podcast now and you can find us on basically every other podcast streaming site rate and review on itunes that'd be awesome
2: all right i guess hey
0: okay, bye. bye thanks for listening